Hi and welcome to this week's episode of The Rodcast with me, Paul Johnson. I hope you're good, I hope you're well, and thanks for joining us. Well, I managed to get out fishing just once this week. Really weird weather, isn't it? It's kind of like cold in the mornings, frosty almost, then hot in the afternoons. Don't know what's going on, but I managed to get out fishing once this week with a very, very expensive rod from Tronix Pro. I went out to the beach with a Cobra TT and I'll be telling you all about that in our Tackle on Test feature. Also coming up in today's episode I'm going to be talking about wrasse, how to catch them, where to find them, what baits they like, those wrasse that linger around the rocks of our outcrops of the UK shores and beaches. So welcome along one and all to the Rodcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, and welcome along to this week's Tackle on Test. I'm so pleased to be doing this. I do get a bit spoiled doing this program, I've got to say. And I'm very, very lucky to have been sent a beautiful rod, which usually, for me, it's probably... A bit of a luxury for me, to be fair. It's from a great company called Tronix Pro, and and a very interesting company, Tronix Pro. Started life 10 years ago as Tronix um, by a guy called George, who was a plumber. George Cunningham spent most of his weekdays working as a local plumber around the Sussex area until he started designing fishing tackle, and from then has never looked back. And he's done a good job over the last 10 years because what I like about the Tronix Pro range is that there's a big wide variety of equipment right down from swivels, clips, uh, beautiful winders, the rig winders which he first became famous for which was the Tronix rig winder and it helped us to have somewhere to store our ready-made-up rigs on his rig winders, uh, one of his main things with his company. But since then, over 10 years, he's really grown the company and he's now moved in uh, over the last few years into rods and he does make some cracking rods. But the good thing about Tronix Pro is you can get a Tronix Pro rod for about £80, which is good, Um, but you can also buy a Tronix Pro for about £400. So it really does does cover a wide variety of needs for a different variety of anglers which I really like about that now what I had given to me which was absolutely splendid and gotta say dead sexy was 
Atronics Pro Cobra TT. This is a three-piece rod, 4.2 meters long, and it's got a casting ratio of 100 to 225 grams. And it's a three-piece beach caster in the continental style. As we all know with continental rods, they tend to be a bit longer, 14 foot, 15 foot. This one is no exception at 4.2 meters long, but you can get a Tronics Pro Gorilla rod for about 89 pounds for this one. But this one, I'm going to be absolutely upfront with you. It's about 400 quid. <laughs> now, if you're going to spend upwards of 400, 440 pounds on a rod, you want to might want to have a look at this one. The Tronics Pro series goes from TT and GT, the Cobras. Um, the only difference between a TT and a GT is that the GT Cobra is a two-piece rod and it's got a bit more of the green fancy Loomis almost like the monster cans the color that you get on the drinks type greenness about it uh, the the Tronics Pro Cobra TT, which I had, has got a nice green butt end on it going halfway up the first section. But a really sexy looking rod, I've got to say. Also houses green whipping up and down the rings. Um, the rings looked brilliant quality. Um, it's got a Fuji grip on it, which is not to be sniffed at. And at that price, you would expect that. It's basically the same rod as a GT, but apart from it's a two-piece, as opposed the one I've got is a three-piece. It's a bit confusing. I mean, I know I was confused when I first started looking at the different rods between the TTs and the GTs, but it all works out in the end. And hopefully I'll guide you through it as I go through telling you about how I got on with this lovely rod. So the Cobra TT is a very sexy looking rod, as I said. I love the green whipping on it and the contrasting black, grey carbon fibre body really does set it off nicely against each other. Really good features on this. It's 4.2 metres long. It's got a casting weight of 4 to 8 ounces, which is quite unheard of with continental rods because they tend to be a little bit floppy and a little bit softer because they're longer. The rod has been designed purposely for fixed ball reels, which is just up my alley because I do prefer using my fixed ball reels especially my big fixed ball reels that I tend to go for being Shimano Ultras and Integras and uh, Dio Emblems those sort of big beach fixed balls that I like using well it's made perfectly for this particular rod and the Cobra TT is based on the GT model but there's a slight difference in that it's got a hollow power tip in the G in the TT now the TT retains that sort of balance that you get and the solid feel that you would get with the GT uh, very light very powerful they feel good in your hand with the GT but on this one it's got a hollow power tip giving you even better bite detection I think now I haven't used the GT model but I certainly noticed once I'd rigged this up um, that the bite detection on it was very very good and the overall feel of the rod was really nice as well even before I put the reel on it I could balance it in one hand and albeit a bit long other than what I would usually use it felt really good in my hand I noticed straight away that it's got a powerful mid section and it seemed to feel powerful from the butt section as well that's the thing that rammed home to me as I started casting with it which started to show when I tackled up first thing to remember with these rods is you need a longer shock leader 
<laughs> which I didn't have on my Die Iowa emblem, so I quickly tied a longer shock leader on, because this rod, as I say, is 14 foot long, um, and you really do need a longer shock leader. Um, so once I'd done that, I put my reel on it, and even with the reel on this rod, it really does feel really nice. And as I say, you could feel the power. Now, I'm not really a pendulum caster, and I don't think these rods are really designed for that sort of casting. They're more designed for a sort of overhead cast, maybe an off-the-ground cast at best. They only really work well with fixed spools. I got on my uh, Diawa emblem, and the weight and balance system is pretty good because at the bottom of the butt you've got a screw and you can unscrew the butt cap and in there is three different weights so you can actually take out one or two weights or maybe take out all three if you wanted to to find your personal balance with this rod dead handy considering it's quite long and sometimes these long continental rods can feel a little bit top heavy but with these counterbalance weights that sit in the butt end that's really sort of alleviated that to be honest i didn't really notice too much difference between taking one of them out and two it's kind of you notice a difference when you take them all out or leave them all in but it's got three different weights if you wanted to the fuji k guide rod rings are really good quality it's a three-piece rod which packs up nicely and i must say it comes in a semi-hard case as well which is a really nice case for this rod the whipping looks really nice as well in that green cobra color now it's when I did my first cast I started to realise about this hollow tip. Nice feel to the rod. I went with a 5 ounce lead, but as I say this can cast up to 8 ounces which is quite spectacular for a continental rod. But I was quite happy with the 5 ounce breakaway. I was up on Denchmarsh Beach where I usually go to test my rods. Now the thing about big rods is they do feel a bit cumbersome when you first go to cast with them. There's a lot of rod to move and it's a kind of whooshy, wishy-washy feel to them when you first cast these rods and you feel like you're almost throwing a lasso with the feel of it if that's a way to describe it or not but once you get used to that that whoosh as you cast you can get out really good distances with this i mean i really was surprised at how far my five ounce lead was going out with a basic overhead thump but having that length in the rod and the contoured butt that this rod gives really did make me feel confident about casting this rod out a long way first few casts i didn't really give it too much throttle as it were uh, i took it quite easy because i wanted to get the feel of the rod the feel of the bounce and of how the actual rod loaded the power as i got to my overhead cast but once i'd done a few casts i found myself becoming more and more leaning towards the off the ground cast with it because it does away with a bit of that whoosh that you get when you're doing an overhead cast but a little off the ground cast I could really launch this weight a long way out and I was very impressed when I looked at the line I'd actually got rid of and how far I'd cast out with this thing. Now I was fishing a single hook running trace. I put quite a small hook on because I really just really was interested in getting maybe some, some place or maybe some 
dab so I had quite small hooks on and a small running trace uh, there's been some dogfish around up there and at night certainly there's been some thornbacks caught quite a lot of thornbacks caught this week but I was really looking for some sole or some maybe some flounders and even a place if I could get out far enough for those place set my rod rest up the other thing with a tall rod is you it takes a bit of adjusting to find where your eye level wants to watch your rod because they're so long if you put it up too high in your rod rest you're looking up to the sky all night a bit like stargazing or all day if you're fishing at day but if you can lean that rod out at the butt end a little bit and hang that a little bit lower on your rod rest that's the best way i found to see the bites on these big continental rods and also turning them sideways a bit so you've got a sideways sort of almost like a c-shaped curve then you can start to see the bites on the continental rods really well and it wasn't long luckily enough before I had a couple of bites and I could see the rod tip knock very clearly which was very nice to see and reeling in the fish which actually was a place not a huge place my first catch but quite a nice uh, sized place handled that very very well indeed I could feel the fish moving through the rod reeling in very slowly you could feel the fish tugging and pulling so it's quite a responsive rod for having the sort of stiff midsection and butt section but through the top section I could feel how that fish was moving the look of the rod is very very nice and it really does stand out um, if you're using one of these on the beach it's quite clearly a beautiful rod and uh, the colors stand out very nice it's the sort of rod that you feel quite confident to fish with I certainly did um, I'm not a lover of rods that are too long they tend to give me a bit of a neck ache fishing with them and looking at the bites but I was really impressed with this semi-rigid carry case that it had and the contoured butt was very very good as well the tip was bright green painted as well and I I found that really a really good color to see actually and as I say the place I caught first was a very very accurate and good bite detection not a problem at all um, as I say these these rods are designed for fixed ball reels so providing you've got quite a lot of line on your fixed ball so it's almost falling off when you cast these rods really really do make your bait fly out there Money-wise, as I say, there's a lot of these top-end rods around for about £300 now. How does it sit up against the Coniflexes and how does it fit out against the Diowas? Well, that's time will tell. Between £400 and £440, is it really worth that much money? Well, I've got to say in theory, yes, it is, because it is a, a European rod. It is what it is. It does cast a hell of a long way and it is one of those rods that would be ideal even with bigger fish or even when you're over rocks I can see that this Cobra TT would be very good for that and I think that's what it's designed for obviously it could be cast in a tournament because it's that sort of rod but to fish with I found it really good it wasn't long before I had another little knock unfortunately on this case it was a, a dogfish uh, quite a nice dogfish though uh, handled that very well and I caught a couple of other places across the day which I was very pleased with I was only up there sort of four hours fishing and as I say I really enjoyed fishing with this rod 
£440. Yeah, I mean, if I had the money to spend, I would love to buy a Tronix Pro Cobra uh, TT. I would even look at buying the GT in a two-piece section, but I quite like the idea of having the three-piece because it can pack away nicely in your car. You haven't got to worry about it poking out your windows, etc. But all in all, I thought it was a really nice-looking rod. And looking at it, you can see the class of this rod. It is in the upper end of the beach casting rods with its grey and black grey stroke black carbon fibre against its whipping and the green colour really does look good but the actual feel of the ferrules pushing this three pieces together really felt good quality as well. The real seat obviously being Fuji is brilliant and all the rings obviously as well being top notch they really are good ceramically lined and they look good and they feel good when you're reeling in. I did try it with a six ounce lead and it felt great actually um, which is quite handy for fishing the rougher beaches where the tide's pulling you can cast a six ounce lead with confidence here and I wanted to also try it with a little four ounce so when I want to use it maybe for mackerel fishing um, I want a little four ounce bomb on it I don't really want to be throwing out five or six ounce weights when I'm mackerel bashing and it really did fly even with a four ounce a five ounce and a six ounce weight it seemed to cast equally as good throughout obviously with the four ounce you get a bit more whoosh because you haven't got that weight when you cast it it feels like you're casting almost with no weight on it if you know what i mean not until you put a five ounce on it where you start to feel the weight when you cast and certainly with a six ounce you can feel the weight as you cast it whether that be an overhead or an off the ground but it really did fly out really impressed with the bite detection personally would i spend 440 pound on a rod probably not but that's me um, there are people like yourselves out there that love spending that sort of money on a rod and I don't think that's a bad price for the quality of this rod so all in all it's a great piece of kit and it is part of the Tronix Pro family and they have a lot of rods in their range and really do have a look at Tronix Pro uh, as well online and have a look at their tackle their swivels and their end tackle because they are a really forward-looking company and have been very very successful over the last 10 years and I think they can only go from strength to strength so from humble beginnings from a plumber um, to having his own tackle company well done George Cunningham that's all I can say best of luck to you I hope that uh, you enjoy being successful with Tronix Pro and that is the Cobra TT from Tronix Pro look them up have a look see what you think and that's your tackle on test for this week on the Rodcast. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, I'm Vernon Kay. And I'm Holly Mackay. And we're here to tell you about our brand new podcast, Parenting Past the Pandemic, brought to you by Aviva. Yes, we're going to be delving into a whole heap of parenting topics from the generational gap to online safety. And some of the big topics which have come up through the pandemic, such as helping to manage our kids' anxieties and how we can affect the world they'll grow into. Parenting Past the Pandemic. Find it wherever you found this podcast. Right then, let's speak species. Try saying that with your mouth full. On the Rodcast, uh, we're going to be looking at Ballon Rass today. Now, they're a funny-looking fish, um, and it's not a fish, to be honest, I've ever deliberately fished for. But over the last couple of years, I've been quite intrigued by these weird-looking creatures, a bit prehistoric in their look. Um, the Ballon Rass is the most common wrasse around the UK, and they tend to live off the rocky outcrops, wherever there's rocks and outjutting rocks, places like Samphire, Ho, and, and um, Elbridge Harbour on the Isle of Wight's a good one, Dancing Ledge in Dorset, quite a few good wrasse points around the UK. Now, the scientific name for these beasts, I always try and have a go at this, uh, I'll probably get it wrong, is Labrus bagilta. Well, that wasn't too bad. That's your scientific name of the wrasse. That's a mouthful too. Um, they can grow up to three foot, uh, up to ten pounds, but the minimum, really the tiny ones, the minimum size, the minimum size of these wrasse tends to be nine inches, 23 centimetres. The UK shore court record is nine pound. That's a hell of a wrasse. But now, how do we catch them? Where do they live? Well, the Ballon Rass, they're the biggest and most common wrasse around the UK coastline, and they can grow up to around about 8 to 10 pounds, really. But averagely speaking, a mediocre fish in the wrasse world, if you like. 
is about two to three pounds. And their diet's mainly shellfish, and they've got some really good set of dentures in their, in their mouths so that they can crunch shells. And they love shellfish. They even like hardback crabs. And they've even got a separate little set of teeth at the back of their mouths that help crush the shells as they go through. Uh, they do feed on worms as well, but peeler crab, razorfish, uh, hardback crabs is really where they like to be feeding on and they like to pick these crabs off of the rocks so that's why they're always in close very rarely in fact hardly ever you'll get a rat out in the middle of open water because they like to be dashing about inside rocky gullies inside rocks and craters and and anywhere where there's rocks and kelp they do love a bit of kelp as well which obviously makes it a little bit hard for commercial fishing to get them so there's not much call for them really in the restaurants around the UK. Not really any eating fish, although you can eat them and people do say they're nice. But there are limiting in numbers now and the stocks have been dwindling slightly um, of the wrasse over the last couple of years. So the, the, the consensus is if you're going to catch wrasse, let's put them back um, because, you know, you'd be better off putting them back and watching them grow and increase the population of these rather odd looking fish. So... Where do you get them? Well, as I say, off of the rocks, off of uh, some piers, they linger around. If there's a rocky pier or a pier set on an outlet, uh, maybe they will go into that and they'll sift around the rocks there. But they really mostly look for crustaceans in the rocky outbrooks. Love small lobsters. They eat them. That's a good bait for them if you're going to be fishing with them. Now, because they live in the rough areas, they are quite difficult to actually fish for. And as I say, that's probably why not many commercial uh, fisheries get them because they're hiding between the rocks now it makes it difficult or oh, there's one way of looking at it, it makes it difficult to catch them the other way to look at it is that it's quite fun catching them and many people float fish because they live around in the rocky areas you're going to be losing a lot of tackle if you're fishing for these um, but let's talk about the tackle basically people tend to go for smaller thinner rods the spinning rods maybe a bass rod, um, because the rats never get that big. And when you're hopping about on rocks, it's sometimes quite easy to have a smaller, less cumbersome rod where you can just flick it out, flick your bait out, and just drop it down the side of some rocks. Or even cast out and reel in closer to the rocks is another rats tactic that tends to work. Now, beach casters are okay, but as I say, they can be a bit long. If you've got a 10-foot or 11-foot bass rod, um, or even a carp rod, uh, is a good choice when you're fishing for these, because you don't really need to cast out far to get them. Fixed ball reels are good. Um, some people prefer to go for a multiplier, some of the larger multipliers, maybe the bigger multipliers where they're going to be hauling up through rocks, especially if you haven't got a landing net. But it's always advised when you're going rest fishing to get a landing net because you will need a drop net or a landing net. Basically, uh, a lot of people tend to go for the carp landing nets with the extending handles because that way they can reach down off of the rocks but we must stress do be careful when you're reaching off the rocks trying to fetch your rass in you don't want to be falling in in amongst the rocks and on higher rock marks um, a drop net is advisable um tackle wise and rig wise um simple tackle really so a fixed paternoster would be good maybe maybe a straight flapper rig with the swivel that's going to rotate but i would say keep the snoods quite short so that when you're actually 
dropping it down. You know that the the snood and your hook is going to be um, away from the main trace because you uh, get entangled up amongst the kelp and the rocks. It all becomes a little bit of a nightmare. So really, it's a scenario where you keep it as simple as you can. The hook size, now the, the rest hasn't got a big mouth. It's got a fat lip, quite a tough mouth, obviously, because it eats crabs. But size 6 to 10 is the only size hooks you need. You don't want to use hooks that are too big or too small because they can take these hooks right down and then they become difficult to get out. So I would suggest to you that I would go for a 6 or a 10 size hook would be the best bet for these. You can actually, as I say, you can actually float fish for these and we'll talk about that. And you can lure fish for these as well. Because of the kelp and because of the rocks, you're going to be losing a lot of tackle and there's nothing more frustrating than losing five or six leads in a fishing trip to get a couple of wrasse becomes a bit of a, a chore rather than fun so the trick here is to use what we call a rotten bottom must have used this heard of this before and that's basically a link between the bottom of your trace and your weight put about an eight pound line on a line that's thinner than your actual trace line and try using some old nuts and bolts or even a spark plug is a, the favorite because they sink down quite nicely they've even got a little hook on the top where you can tie um, the spark plug to that little bit of eight pound line so if that weight gets caught up in the rocks or wind up in the kelp you can actually pull your line and that will just break away and you're only losing a spark plug or even some big nuts and bolts that way you know for a fact that you're going to be saving quite a lot of money over the course of a couple of wrasse fishing trips spark plugs easily available anywhere uh, usually around garages you'll find them spark plugs are a good alternative for a weight when you're looking for these wrasse as i say bait wise they do love their crab they love peeler crab they love hardback crab but i tend to say just crack the crab slightly help that wrasse on its way when it comes to eating that and try to drop your rig down where the water looks interesting any little inlets they're going to be sniffing around there any rocks that are slightly out with water around it, that's another good place where rats like to lurk. So you've got a little bit of open water and there's a rock a little way out, not too far, I'm only talking sort of 20, 30 yards away, just cast um, onto the edge of that rock and just reel your line tight and look for the rats there. Float fishing for rats you can do, and again, it's a case of keeping it very, very simple. Almost like what you would do for a carp, in effect. You would have your main fishing line, slide a big float up, a good sea fishing float that's got a little bit of weight to it, be ideal. Um, you get the floats where the line goes through the top of this, um, and drop it down, put a bait stop on it, and leave from the bottom of the float to where your hook is, around about a two two foot two foot six is a good bet because that way you've got a chance to look for the wrasse mid-water and the great thing about float fishing also is you can do what you always do when you're float fishing is slide that up and down your line to change your depth and this will change quite a lot because if you're fishing off of a rock ledge you might find there's rocks underneath where you can slide your float down to make it shallower or you can lift it up obviously though waters need to be quite calm when you float fishing otherwise you're fighting a losing battle on a windy day with the waves breaking over the rocks you're never going to see your float so float fishing does work for rats but you need to be there on a calm day it's a case of getting there seeing what the weather's doing i know one of the best float fishing venues for uh rats 
is Dancing Legend Dorset and Portland Bill. They tend to float fish quite a lot. But on a calm day, nothing better on a calm, sunny day, because rats do like spring, late spring, summer. Uh, they tend to be more abundant. Um, they're quite aggressive. You you will get quite a bite from these, especially if they're spawning, because what they tend to do is they lay their eggs around these rock, rock faces and crevices, and if they see a bait come down, they sort of think it's a threat in a way, and they will attack your bait quite hard. So you do get quite a nice knock with the rats. And again, if you're fishing with a lighter rod, it all adds up to jolly good fun because you've then got to fight a ras with a slightly thinner, almost fresh water type rod and it gives you a good fight and the sport of it's really good fun and especially if you're releasing afterwards. But do be careful, rocks are slippery, you know, you don't want to be falling in. Always go with someone when you're ras fishing. Wouldn't advise going ras fishing on your own at all. The other way to try is um, jelly worms. They can be good around about late summer. Jelly worms tend to be a little bit better. Again, this could be because uh, they're spawning, they're young, and they, they see this jelly worm as a threat to their eggs, so they take the jelly worm. Bright orange, bright yellows, the soft rubbery lures that you use um, can be very good. And try some LRF fishing with it, like rock fishing tackle. Um, Use jelly worms and lures if you can. Some lures of the smaller lures that you may always use for perch in the freshwater world, for instance, or a pike lure is quite good for rats. But bear in mind their mouths aren't that big. So small lures are a good idea. And small jelly worms tend to be good. And you can jig these um, with your spark plug or your nuts and bolt just down the rock. Just move the bait around or the jelly worm around and get some movement in there and the rats will pick up on that. They're mainly daytime feeders, so they will see the bait as well as smell it. With jelly uh, worms, I tend to put a little bit of mackerel on there as well, just to give it a bit of a scent, because the rats have got quite sensitive noses, and they do smell out their, their baits as well. Landing them, as I say, they're all around the rocks, so do be careful when you're landing these rats. There's nothing worse than getting excited and stammering and falling down rocks because you've got a nice rest on, and um, we've all done it from time to time. Just concentrate on what you're doing, and um, always use a landing net if you can. And this is where it's important to go rest fishing when there's two of you. So that's how you catch the rest. The hot spots for rest around the UK, well, Sanfiho Dover, uh, they do catch rest there. Uh, Benbridge Harbour on the Isle of Wight is another good rest spot there's lots of little rocks around the harbour uh, one each pier at Peveril point that's near bournemouth that's a nice spot there there's usually quite a lot of rest being caught there in the summer and does get a bit busy though so you know bearing that in mind dancing ledge beautiful name that dancing ledge dorset conjures up all sorts of wonderful visions but dancing ledge dorset on the jurassic coast there another great spot abundancy of rest there in the summer can be a good day you know if you wear a nice t-shirt nice hot day get a suntan do a bit of float fishing or some dangling for rest and portland bill that's another place where you'll get plenty of rest so good luck with it if you do go out be careful and that is our species section for this week's rodcast i hope it helps you catch those rats 
Okay, that's all we've got time for again on this week's edition of the Rodcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed your company, and thanks for joining us. It's a bit like fishing, you know, you run out of time, you run out of bait, you have to go home. Maybe with fish or without fish, but at the end of the day, you have to go home. Anyway, join me again next week for another Rodcast where I'll be talking to you about some tips and hoots from around the fishing world. And don't forget to tell your mates to make a date with the Rodcast. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.